0: And welcome into SEC football and beyond for this Friday, Good Friday, April second. Hope everybody has a happy Easter. My partner in crime is back, Neil McCready. A early, early Happy Easter to you. Happy um, Easter to you. Good to have you back. And we are typically got a little, little uh, at least in the South where I am, and I think probably where Neil is, the typical little Easter cool front that's coming in. A lot to get to today. I want to get Neil's thoughts. Um, on the Final Four, uh, you are with us on Tuesday. Neil uh, had a previous engagement, so want to get his thoughts on there. One of the premier basketball jobs comes open with a retirement. Get into that. Uh More problems for LSU. For people who said and said, well, it, none of this is affecting Ed Ogeron, and I kept saying, ah, please, uh, not not so fast. Uh, there's some issues there, so we're gonna we're gonna get into that a little bit. And cash I've been working Neil. Morning, noon, and night on NFL draft preparations. Got the horizontal draft board up. So a lot to get to today. Welcome back. How are things in your world, my friend?
1: Uh, Everything is good. Everything is good. It's uh, April the, the 2nd. We're just rocking right along in, in 2021. So it's 29 degrees here this morning. So, yeah, it's a little. Whoa. Difficult. So I thought my
0: little 50 degrees was cool. Shame on me. 29. That's a little frost on the pumpkin there.
1: Yeah, it's actually i take i take it back i woke up it was 29 it's up to 40 already the high today is 57 but it got to, it gets down to gets down into the 30s again tonight but but nice weather we got great weather here this weekend high tomorrow of 65 my daughter caroline's got a big senior party being thrown in her honor tomorrow so so a lot, lot, lot of stuff going on so it's been, been, a, been a good weekend um I don't even know where to start. There's, there's a. I, I do want to. I, I woke up this morning. I saw that you you'd finished your draft, your horizontal draft board. I had not had a chance to study it yet. I wanted to look at it because there's a lot of. I hear you. You correct me if I'm wrong because you know a lot more NFL people than I do. I know a few, and I keep hearing this run on quarterbacks potentially early in the draft could really shake the draft and lead to some some real value picks middle part of the first round for guys that in a, in a, in a draft where there wasn't a run on quarterbacks, they might go earlier.
0: Yeah. You know, we call them bonus picks in in a bonus pick in, in, in a draft room is when a player is taken before your pick that you wouldn't have taken. And there are different reasons for that. You didn't have the player graded that highly or You've got your young quarterback in as much as you like the quarterback that's out there, you're not going to take him. Um, let's start at four, five, and six. There's a very good chance for Atlanta, Cincinnati, and Miami. Um, I, I, so you know now it's that, that Miami moved back from three and then move back up to six. Why did they do that? I can tell you why they did it. They they are going to get all three of those teams. Are going to get one of the top three players on their board. I, I would think that, and remember, when you put a board together, if you're, if you got your quarterback, it, it doesn't mean you don't have Trevor Lawrence number one. He, he's still number one. It, 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 you grade them according to where they're, uh, you, you have to set the board with integrity. It's not, well, this is, we're going to grade this guy higher because of need or we like, no. So Trevor Lawrence is maybe not someone that some of these teams would take. And he's not going to be there for anybody other than Jacksonville. But you're looking at Atlanta, Cincinnati, and Miami again at four, five, and six, where they are going to get their top one, two, or three players on their draft board where they are. Miami, for example, at six could have a Panay that would slip, who I think is the second best player in this entire draft. Um, and, and with the highest grade along with Trevor Lawrence, or you could get a pitch, you could get a Jamar chase and you, the guy that they would have taken at three, they're going to be able to take at six and they get extra picks. So that's a value. Now, you know, Cincinnati is trying to decide, well, who's there first of all. And I do think I would take Sewell if he were there, but give Joe, um, Burrow some protection or a weapon. And I know Joe Burrow would probably love to have Jamar Chase. And that's a possibility depending on, I would take Jamar Chase over Slater, but you know, so you, yeah, you're right. You, it, it's always that case when you have quarterbacks that are valued for, they are, it's, you could call it overvalued and overvalued simply means if you're grading the best players in this draft, very often the quarterbacks w- are going to go higher. I've always said this. So six, four grades on my board are early second potential starters. Early Mac Jones is that Mac Jones is going to go maybe three, definitely top six, eight. It doesn't because okay. he's going to go higher. Doesn't mean that I'm going to grade him. I like him, but I also recognize the the frailties with him. But so people, you
1: don't love him at at three four five in the in the first round of the nfl draft i mean you you view that as really overvaluing him as a prospect right
0: um like i did joe flacco or like anybody uh i'll say this neil if i'm carolina i need a quarterback i not only am i not taking him at eight I, you know is is desperate it is important as a quarterback position is i i think they'd love to figure out some way to get to five so that no one else does and then get him. He's that important. And and I don't rule out, and again, this is an evaluation. I don't rule out Kyle Shanahan thinking this guy is a perfect fit for my offense and taking him at three. I don't rule that out. And is it extraordinarily, you know, no, would I do that? No. It doesn't mean that it's bad. It's just the way I see it. I think it's a little overvalued. But again, I thought Look, I'm going to tell you, I didn't have Patrick Mahomes rated as high. Does not you know, so it's, 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 it's a little bit tricky in that process, but no, I don't, I don't, a six, four graded guy, high second round value at quarterback is always going in the top 15 picks always. So if you're going to take them at 15 and you love them and you're picking at three, is it, and you'd need a quarterback or you had eight, yeah, you might be leaving a, a, a better player on the board, but the importance of the quarterback position, you're not going anywhere unless you have one.
1: So let me ask this. This is <laughs> – we, we, we haven't discussed in, in these terms. We, we, we did a, a real quick little show prep where we kind of talked about, hey, we want to talk about things. And I said, I want to ask you about Deshaun Watson. So let me, mm-hmm. let me bring Deshaun Watson up <clears throat> in this context. And feel free to say, no, Neil, no one thinks like this in the NFL. You're you're overthinking this, because I very well may be. A a couple of months ago, and I lose track of time, Chris, but it seems like it was a couple of months ago, Deshaun Watson came out and said, hey, I don't want to be a Texan. I want to get traded. I want to go to my new place. And the Texans were like, nah, man, we're not doing that. But you heard a lot of scuttle around the NFL about – boy, the Bears need a quarterback, and there was all all talks about, you know, Russell Wilson and and, and talks about Deshaun Watson and blah, blah, blah. Obviously, Deshaun Watson is one of two things. Either he is the subject of one hell of a coordinated effort to defame his character, or he has some monumental issues, one or the other. Um, and I don't know which one it is, but if you're an NFL team right now, you you look at Deshaun Watson and you're like, I don't know. I, 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 can that be the face of our franchise until this thing, these things are unproven? So uh, this is a really wordy roundabout way of getting to this. Is it possible that Mac Jones behind the scenes is a horrible human being? I, I guess it's possible, but it, it certainly doesn't sound like it. From, from talking to people who know him, He he appears to be a really well put together human being. Uh, is going to be the kind of guy that really represents a franchise well. That you can make the face of a franchise that that is not going to embarrass you off the field. If anything, he's probably going to be a model citizen. Does that, given if you're an NFL team, you see this Watson stuff in the back, does that almost raise his value a little bit? Where you go, yeah, you know the guys like Chris Landry are right. He he may not. Be the most athletic guy in the world. He may not be the most mobile guy in the world. He may not be able to make the off-platform throws the way that a a Patrick Mahomes can. But I tell you what: if we put him in the right system and we put the right people around him, this is going to be a guy that can very safely be the face of our franchise for twelve
0: years. I I think there's there two things. Yeah, it does, but. First of all, the Deshaun Watson situation for anybody that's interested in trading for him. And there are people that are, it's on hold. Cause they don't know what they're getting. Is it going to be on the commissioner's list? The, the NFL has to do their investigation, which is parallel to the criminal investigation. And they're going to go off of that, but it doesn't have to rise to the level of criminal activity to say suspension or what, have you know, so, Everything's on hold, but there's still a lot of people that would be interested in him as a player. But in terms of, let's say, San Francisco, I I don't think San Francisco's moving up and considering taking a quarterback has anything to do with like Deshaun Watson. It has something to do with the fact that they like Jimmy Garoppolo, but don't love him and maybe don't trust the fact that he can stay healthy. And I'll say this about Mac, and, and, and this is where, I looked hard at my grade. I went back, and I studied. There's some difference, Neil, between Mac Jones and Joe Burrow. Not as much as people think. Really? Yeah, just Joe Burrow is a little bit more mobile and can do more things. But you think about that. You know, I get this a lot. Oh, you know, fill in the blank player is coming out of nowhere. Well, well, guess what? Everybody quote unquote comes out of nowhere, not nowhere, but we, the gone are the days where a guy plays three years, starts maybe two, two and a half years, and then comes back for a senior year. Well, we know they're coming. If you have a really good year and you're a junior, you're coming out. So you don't have years of Mac Jones last year at this time. There's nothing to suggest. He would be a top 10 pick, uh, Neither was Joe Burrow the year before. There was nothing there uh, because he just didn't play enough and timing and everything. It depends upon what you want in your quarterback. If you want a pocket guy and you can play with a clean pocket, Mac Jones can be an exceptional starter, but you have to have those things. It's not like every quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, anybody, Tom Brady can't, make off-platform throws. Never could. Peyton Manning. That's not the issue. The issue is, what do you want? If you take Mac Jones, If where does Mac Jones go? If Mac Jones goes to San Francisco, um, Zach Wilson goes to the Jets, and Trevor Lawrence goes to Jacksonville, I'll tell you who's going to have the better career over the first three years. I guarantee you it's Mac Jones, because the team is better around him. I mean, if Sam Darnold was in this draft, he'd probably go number two to the Jets, but (laughs) because they didn't do a good job around him, they gotta press the reset button, or they think they do, probably, and say, you know what, we can't build an, a good enough team around Sam Donald to give him the fifth year option because he's going into his fourth year. So we're gonna press the reset button with Zach Wilson because we're gonna have a rookie quarterback under a rookie contract. We got three to four years to evaluate him and hopefully build a better team around him. See how that goes. It's so, so now Zach Wilson is is a playmaker. Boy, and he's a really good thrower, and and Trevor Lawrence is great. But how good Trevor Lawrence is really depends on how well Urban and Trent Baalke build a team around him. Because you put Trevor Lawrence in the same situation that the Jets put Sam Darnold, the results are going to be no different. And people are going to be saying, "Boy, that guy was a bust." Well, it that's what happens, quote unquote. He's a bust, and the team's a bust. Um, the better team—that's why a lot of guys that get drafted later they usually get drafted by better teams. I mean, you, I can, I can say this for certain. Whoever the Niners take assuming they take a the quarterback and I don't think they make the trade up if it's not for a quarterback it's that guy will probably have the better two first two three years of a career cuz of the team around him and by the way you know I mentioned this on Tuesday and on the other shows that for people wonder why the Niners did it it's cuz they got this I can tell you with 100% certainty in an era where information this is not information this is experience they move up to three because they got three players that they love and they're guaranteed to get one of them. Now, I think it's three quarterbacks that they really like. And one of them Trevor Lawrence, who's going to be gone. But I'm assuming, let's make the assumption here, and it could be a wrong assumption, but Zach Wilson and Queen Fields, Lance, and Jones, they're, they're comfortable with one of those remaining guys at three. Now we're not going to know which one it is until they pick, but there happened. It's kind of like when he was working for his dad with the Redskins. Because they were called the Redskins back then. And when they moved up to number two with the Rams, if you remember, they moved up to number two because they liked um two quarterbacks. And obviously they they were gonna get one of the two. And and RG3 ended up being the guy that, that, that was, was there. So Andrew Luck was the other guy. If Andrew Luck had uh, not been taken by the Colts, which everybody kind of knew they would like Jacksonville going to take Lawrence. They would have loved Andrew Luck as well. So by moving up to three, they're guaranteed to get one of those three guys. Um, but I don't know which one they're going to take or exactly what they're going to do, but that's the reason why they made the move. And they're, they're, trying to hedge their bet with Jimmy Garoppolo and, and if let's say it's Trey Lance that they like or Justin Fields and he's not ready well Garoppolo can be the starter this year they can get out from under his contract pretty easily it's very very cap friendly in a year and kind of so it all those things are in play but what I think is interesting is now we still are not done with quarterback movement because I think Carolina is trying to secure a quarterback you know, and I don't know that they're comfortable that one's gonna be there at eight. And I think that's that's an important factor there. And you know, I, I think those are all factoring into the mix. Uh, and by the way, the Deshaun Watson talks are dead for now, but they're not dead. As you said, it's gonna depend on and and it is not completely closed the door on Russell Wilson being moved either. It's just and and with the Bears, but yeah. It's still complex, which is why it hadn't been done, and and probably won't be done. But there's still some issues, and I will say, look out for Sam Darnold to Seattle if they can move Russell Wilson for the right price. So that's a lot there that I threw out. But. Well,
1: that is a lot there, but it's really interesting stuff, man. And so i i it, I got a I got a number of quarterback things, if you don't mind. Um, sure. And I'm I'm probably your typical NFL fan, and that boy, you start talking about quarterbacks, and my interest is peaked. If you're the Texans, no matter sort of how this ends with Watson, is his reputation tarnished to the mm-hmm. point that you need to move him, or is it, it, can this be can this be repaired?
0: Well, I think that depends upon what comes out of it. Let's. How has things changed over the past? Well, I'm trying to remember exactly when this first one started. I'm going to say three weeks. I may be off. So remember, you just said it. I'm not coming back to play for the Texans. Now, what does he do? Now, as we sit here today, yeah. we don't know that he's going to be allowed to report. He might be on the commissioner's exemplist suspended list. I mean, we don't know where this investigation, how quickly it's going to go. But sure. he goes from I'm not going to report to uh, damn right you're not going to report. You're on the suspended list. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. So if you're the Texans, here's what's interesting because <laughs> the conspiracy theorists, because in Houston they hate Jack Easterby, who's kind of the 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 owner's right hand guy now, and they 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 were all it was a hundred percent fan base. Deshaun Watson, you know, give Deshaun Watson. We back Deshaun Watson. Now I don't know mm-hmm. what the fans are thinking. They're thinking like, oh man, is this true? There's there's some people that think this is being drummed up by the Texans. Of course, that's not the case. No, it, it hurts it, it them, but, but those are the people that are saying, "I hate, I hate Jack Ussery." They they want to make themselves look good, and they put no, of course not. Right, somewhere along the line, Deshaun Watson offended at least one person or more, and this has just blown up in this day and age where. We got we, we had we got more of this stuff to talk about and a different it, it, it I, I don't know where the, we're up to twenty one or at least it was twenty one at the start of the show of accusations I, I don't know I don't know what Deshaun does I don't know his leverage and his if he's allowed to report does he with all these accusations still not report? And represent, I'm unhappy with the Texans. Do you really say that from a PR standpoint, you know, or do you say I'm taking time away to deal with private matters? You probably need to couch it the right way. Cause it's probably not a good thing when you got 21 accusations against you to say, I'm not happy with the Texans. Cause you know, probably the attitude is, you know, a lot of people are not happy with you. A lot of people are wondering about you. This has completely changed in, in three or four weeks from the league standpoint, from the Texans standpoint to the Texans. I don't think you're thinking Deshaun Watson's your future. I don't think he wants to be there, but you, he is a, I hate to put it this way. I don't mean this when I say this, I don't, these, these are people, but from a business football standpoint, it's a commodity. I'm not trading them unless I get good value. The value is definitely low now because of the off the field issues. I got to wait until, that settles so the value goes back up. It's not a stock you want to sell now. You want to kind of wait and see because people can't trade now. In fact, you you literally or anybody that's interested, if the Jets are interested, anybody's interested in trading for them, the first call they make is to the league office. What do you know? What can you tell us? Where do we go? And and the answer would probably be we don't have anything. And the answer inside is going to be we can't do anything. So that is on hold completely. Probably makes the Russell Wilson movement more of a likelihood because we don't have the the off-the-field stuff.
1: No, he's seen as a pretty safe bet off the field. Okay, Speaking of kind of off-the-field stuff, I'm sure you heard about this yesterday. ESPN analyst Dan Orlovsky was on the Pat McAfee show. You heard about this? I I, know. Okay, good. Well, then we'll get some live reaction from Chris Landry here. He was on the show, and they were talking about stuff, and he says he's gathered information from NFL sources. And here's the quote. Quote One, I've heard that he, he's referring to Justin Fields, I've heard that he is a last guy in, first guy out type of quarterback, like not the maniacal work ethic. I've even heard it compared to Justin Herbert, where it was like, dude, when Justin Herbert showed up, he was like a psychopath when it came to working and get ready for the draft, or even at school, like, give me more, I want to work nonstop. And I've heard there are issues with Justin Fields' work ethic. The second thing, where is his desire to go be a great quarterback? I think that there's a desire to be a big-time athlete from what is expressed to me, but where is his desire to be a great quarterback? And to be great, you got to be willing to find the things that you're not good at and just freaking grind on them. That has gotten a lot of backlash. Kirk Herbstreet went after Orlowski, you know, said, hey, man, you just can't You can't say stuff like that. You know, you, 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 if, if you're going to do that, I'll, I'll find the, the Herbstreet quote for you. Herbstreet Herb Street came out and said, um, absolutely ridiculous. Even if you aren't saying it, to pass that along from, quote, people in the know, end quote, is reckless and absurd, embarrassing.
0: Well, and this is, you know, I tell, I, I, I am not in a position or qualified to tell media folks how to do their job. But I do warn them because I've been on the other side. And I think this, I know Dan, I remember Dan when he played at Connect. I don't know him. I know he's on TV now. And he's one of those hot tech guys. I call I call, him hot, call hot tech guy. You know, we got to say something spicy on ESPN because that's yep. what we do. Yep. I, I, he's pretty young in the business, I think. And he, he he's got to understand if somebody in the league is telling you that, they're telling you for a reason. They want that information out there. They know it's going to get out there. This is what happens this time of year. You will say things about a player. And, and, and I, you know, it, it is most likely someone that would like for Justin to drop to them. And so you, you throw things out there that may cloud the picture a little bit. It may, again, I use this and I live by this. I go back to this. Those who know don't talk, and those who talk don't know. And so when you say, I, I, I have no reason to believe that. That Dan's not telling the truth. That somebody in the league told him that, but but who, you know who? And of course, he's not going to identify it because okay. And I understand the sources protecting sources, but the reality is most of that stuff is it, why is somebody putting that out? So yeah, there there are things that are described the same way about a certain player that that I you know are the same exact way, but I wouldn't repeat it. You know what I mean? I wouldn't tell it to anybody. And but if somebody says it, they're saying it for a reason. They they usually are telling you the opposite of what they think. When I was involved, we were gonna draft Eddie George. You know, I didn't talk to the media, but any information came out of our building, it was Lawrence Phillips and Tim Biakobatuca. Oh, Ohio State, we love Terry Glenn, we love Ricky Dudley. It was never about Eddie George. Eddie George is a guy we like. In other words, we're putting information out there to to give the media something to throw them off the scent. That's what usually happens. With that said, I have, from my work on Justin Fields, um, with coaches and the background with him, that is not what I understand about Justin. But it doesn't mean it's not true, but the whole point is the reason why that stuff is put out there, you got to understand that. Whether it's true or not, Look, time will tell on certain things. Um, I mean, there was absolutely nothing, and we don't know that there's anything going on now. There's nothing, nothing on Deshaun Watson that was negative coming out of Clemson. I can tell you that. Um, look, uh, Mike Price spoke glowingly of Ryan Leaf. We had to find out about Ryan Leaf through his high school coach in Montana. I mean, we had to dig deep. And we, we, you know, now people are more willing to talk. We're in the information age but that means we're in the misinformation age. So you got to sort through a whole bunch of information and figure out what's BS and what's true. And I'm not here to say 100% what's true with Justin or not. My Intel is different than what was said there. But my point would be, what would be the purpose of somebody telling Dan that other than wanting, knowing Dan's going to say it. And you know, as a reporter, you are the type of guy these guys are not reporters. You would be careful to make sure that you source it different ways to make sure that some agenda is not being used. That's what that smells like there. Cause that doesn't sound like Justin feels to me. He has development, but the biggest thing is cause he doesn't come from a passing offense. And I thought he, you can't do what he did at Ohio state and make that much of an improvement. If you don't work really hard and you don't do the things. Now, does that necessarily translate and does money change somebody and they become lazy? Man, there's a lot of that, but I but I know this. The the the. You know what was talked about Justin Herbert last year at this time? I <clears> because <throat> I I cause I, 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 w- I wasn't quite sure what he was saying about Justin Herbert, but the the quote was because he's not the from stuff, California.
1: The Herbert stuff a year ago was that he doesn't he doesn't he, look. He's, he's
0: cool. He's not from California, but he was California cool. He's an Oregon kid. He grew up right in Eugene, but yeah, it's just kind of whatever, dude, and I'm I'm happy, and let's go play some ball and run some routes, and then we're going to have a couple cool ones, you know. It's like not really energetic. Not, I mean, he wasn't personality-wise. Look, you know this. Peyton and Eli are two different, like, Peyton will talk your head off and is like, you know, almost like ADD. Eli is a little, you know. Yeah, the hair's not combed. You know, Peyton's gonna make sure that the ties. Eli would be like, "Hey, Eli, straighten up your he Just, yeah, hey, you know, yeah. But they had the same drive, and yep. you know, there's it's- there's different personalities. A great you gotta, comparison. yeah. You got, you got to dig deep into what's really in the heart and what they need. And look, I I'm not, uh, I wouldn't say that. Um, and look, I I, look, I, I I think there's a lot of hot takes going on. The only thing that affects for people know is. You, the fans, you buy into it, you ignore it, you whatever it, people in the league know. And always remember those who talk, don't know.
1: And those who know, don't those, know. those
0: who know, don't talk. And they, uh, quite frankly, just the opposite. They will tend to float stuff out there. That's not true. And stuff happens. Stuff happens. There's stuff happens about, you know, what, why do you think? The Laramie Tunsil stuff came up prior to. The, I mean, we know it was true what he did with the, what do you call that bong stuff, the, the mass thing, whatever we call that. The, okay, well, you, I you know, I mean, that. I
1: haven't done that since like Tuesday.
0: You
1: know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I mean, it wasn't that it wasn't true, but why do you think it came out right prior to the draft? It was for a fact. It affected his draft status and somebody wanted it to. It's an agent putting it out. It's a team. Could be an agent putting that out about, you know, I hate to say it, but the agent of another quarterback, you know, you know this this stuff happens, man. This ain't my first rodeo. I hear all sides. Let me tell you something. I get this. We get this in meetings about stuffs about players, rumors. I'm talking drugs. I'm talking sexual. So I'm talking about sexual preference, which is, you know, that's a different, we're on out, you know, but uh, there's been a whole lot of stuff that has come, that's been floated out there, that a lot of it, n- most of mine never came out in the media with a lot of, and, and but it is floated out there in the world where we have a lot more people that are willing to talk in pro football now to media and they'll throw stuff out there. They tend to realize that you can't avoid the media. So we're going to use the media and we're going to put information out there. That's going to manipulate the, you know, the spin we want or help us beware of all of this stuff. Now doesn't mean it's not true. It de- everything about Justin Fields could prove out to be true. That's up to Justin Fields, but don't believe it just because somebody told Dan that because that's, there's a reason why they told him that.
1: We could do a whole episode one day on Laramie Tunsell draft night. That that was a won't do it now because there's other stuff to get to, but that was one hell of a fascinating night. And it, the the the, the it was. few months after that, the more you dug into it, that was a personal vendetta by a few people and it was well orchestrated and by god they accomplished their goal they cost him and he's made up for it in his nfl career but they cost him a lot of money on draft night and it really chris and it's it's it, so i'll plant this seed because it my feeble little head if i forget to do this now i'll, I'll never do it it's be a good show for maybe around the draft by the time the draft, yeah,
0: or or at least you know, if, if we're busy going through stuff, that's great after the draft and a great summer. I mean, that's a great. Yeah,
1: it's a. I'd would love to talk about because here is the story that never gets done. People do the story about what happened to Laramie and the videos and how it led to reopening the old Miss investigation and blah blah blah. They we we've, we've done those stories. The stories that haven't been done, at least not well, and maybe you know enough of these people to kind of talk about it, is the teams that. Starting at about four, five, six, seven, eight, that passed on Laramie Tunsil when he was available at that point. You know, going into that draft, I was in Chicago for that draft. There was talk about Tunsil going as early as two. And so he fell and he fell and he fell. And a lot of teams passed on Laramie Tunsil. And looking back on it, probably could have used Laramie Tunsil. I wouldn't mind looking back at that draft at some point with hindsight, and hindsight's 2020. Looking back with hindsight and going, that team made a mistake, and here's why. And that team didn't make a mistake, or whatever. That would be the whole Laramie Tunsil draft night thing was absolutely one of the. I'll tell you this for me personally, from a professional standpoint, that night was one of the handful of nights that I can remember everything about the story, everything about my time with that story and and the fallout for me personally from that story was remarkable. It, it, it changed that, that, that night changed my life. There's no question about it. Changed the, changed the direction of a number of things. It was a fascinating night.
0: Well, we can, we can do that. We can go back to 83 draft. Why Dan Marino fell and the rumors were there. The worst one, the biggest victim ever. And it, nobody did anything wrong. And it was the damnedest thing that I've, and it just happened a few years ago. This is what happened to Lyle Collins. Lyle Collins was going to go pretty high, late first, early second. And through no, nobody's breaking a story. His ex-girlfriend is murdered by, you know, I, I don't, I don't, you know, whoever did that horrific crime. Lyle Collins draft week, late mid draft week is questioned, not question as a, uh, a suspect, but you know, as a ex-girlfriend, they wanted to, you know, information that blew up. You talking about ruin up, ruin my, I mean, draft. Week. I mean, that was everybody's trying to figure Lyle Collins was not drafted. If you remember, he was an he went undrafted. There was so much unknown. The kid did nothing wrong. But he, you talk about a 100% victim. That's the damnedest thing I've ever seen because it wasn't like, well, somebody spreading a rumor. So this tragic thing happened. It happened to be somebody that he knew. And, you know, just because no one had the time to figure out there wasn't anything there. But just the people being scared to death in the league, I had so many calls. Do, do you know anything? What, I mean, is there, is there anything? I mean, is it safe? It's like, I, what, what am I going to, I mean, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I mean, everything I said was, look, all I know about the kid is everything is really, really good. Every coach on LSU staff was getting hit up. What's the deal? What's going on? Cause who wouldn't want Lyle Collins in the fourth round in the fifth round, but it's not only taking him, but if there was, a a one in a million chance that there's something involved. You don't want to be tied to I draft this guy in the seventh round and he's this, you know, I, there's a whole bunch of stuff Yeah. There's a whole bunch of stories. I'll, I'll tell you about, remind me to tell you about the kid who was a great tackle from BYU who told us and stuck to it that he was not going to, I mean, he was as good as Tony Baselli coming out. Uh, but he was a devout Mormon, and unlike a lot of Mormons that go to BYU who agree to play on Sunday, said I'm not. No, Sunday is only for church, and I am not playing football. And we had one of the people in our organization had a brother who was a bishop in a Mormon church, and we had him talk to him and said, "Look, you can you make a whole lot of money and do a whole lot for the Mormon church." We were. He never played football. He was drafted in the seventh round by the Raiders just on the hopes that they can keep his rights for a year. Went to Northern California, coached uh, for at uh, $26,000 a year at the time. Never played. There's, there's a million stories on the draft. That's a that's a great, great summer topics. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear <coughs> a lot of those. All right. Um, a, a topic that is in the news today, Ed Orgeron has been, um, I guess, I don't think the, I don't think the technical word is subpoenaed, but he has been requested, to, requested
0: to, to testify,
1: requested to testify in front of the Louisiana state legislature. Is that correct?
0: Correct. Um, the uh, Louisiana state Senate committee on uh, that's going to be the 8th. So that's next Thursday, April 8th. Um, Gloria Scott, a Mercedes Benz Superdome security employee said she was sexually harassed by then running back Darius Geis, who Ed was an assistant. Ed had a very close relationship with Darius, had kind of uh, embraced him as kind of his pet project to try to help. He actually lived for a short time with Ed and his wife in his house, his wife at the time. Um, Gloria Scott said that Orgeron called with him in the room, Darius in the room, to... to ask Miss Scott to forgive him Scott's testimony um the race questions about whether Edron uh, Edron lied to investigators as part of that recent investigation when Ed said he's never talked to the woman he's never um never had the conversation so it's a he said she said um so the formal invitation was sent on Wednesday he's not responded He has until Tuesday, which is what, the 6th, to respond. Um, I don't understand the legal part of this. I guess he is not required to, but when the state legislature asks, considering their involvement with state issues and state university, that is going to be tough for him to, and I don't know, maybe his lawyers will say don't talk, but, but that's a tough thing to deal with. The other thing is if he doesn't do it, it's a bad look. Really what are you what are you hiding? So I, I yeah. you know, let's we'll see where it goes. But Orgeron said this week first time I've heard of all the horrible details of her encounter with guys, and that he's sickened by what he went what she went through. The Hush Blackwell report had some of the details. They had the details of this woman Gloria Scott story, but they were not able to identify the coach. So in that blacker report that we went over a while back, that was in the report. It just, it had an unnamed coach. Well, Gloria Scott has testified that that coach was assistant coach at Orgeron at the time assistant at the time. So, um, I truly do not remember speaking with Mrs. Scott three years ago, but I do know Mrs. Scott deserves to be heard and admired for her courage. Um, the report said, she said that, He asked Mrs. Scott to forgive Darius for sexual harassment in 2017. Uh, Scott said she contacted LSU. She alleged that Orgeron and other LSU officials, including Verge Orsbury and Miriam Seeger, both of those that are suspended currently, rejected her request that Geist be held out of the citrus bowl, which I don't think it's appropriate for, you know, someone to say you need to hold him out of the bowl game. I think it needs to be, you know, whatever, but, you know, probably should have been, but that's, stepping over the line, but anyway, um, after reporting the incident to the university, Scott said, Orgeron called her with guys, apparently in the room and asked for her forgiveness. She said, Orgeron told her guys was a troubled child and he was just kidding. She uh, orgeron asked her to please forgive him. Orgeron said, uh, Scott said, orgeron tried to put guys on to apologize, but she refused to speak to him. LSU released a statement Friday saying that Orgeron never had any direct communication with the complaint. That Orgeron has and will continue to follow university protocols. Scott Woodard um, attended um, the recent hearing and I guess he was on deck to be questioned and they ran out of time. So he's going to be he's going to be asked to testify. Of course, Scott Woodard wasn't around when all this happened, but certainly he's been there for a couple of years and dealing with it. So when we kind of went through the Hushbrackle report, a lot of people kind of at LSU talked about, it. remember King Alexander, Oregon State, he's gone. He's no that, well, he's gone from Oregon State too. Les is gone at Kansas, you know, and he's gone. And, but nobody, you know, we know that all LSU's done is suspend two assistant ADs. And we talked about it at that time that to separate Ed Orgeron and Darius Geis is impossible. Impossible because when Darius guys came out for the draft, so la- the, the year that he was coming out, about the same time, I, I was not aware of this incident, but it's not investigation on my part or scout's part. We have N- uh, NFL has ex-FBI people with a lot of contact. so you don't have to have anything of record. They can find out stuff, and this stuff we found out. Uh, details like this and others on Darius guys. And I mean, myself and other, other scouts approach this with less and we approach this with Ed because of Ed's, you know, and uh, uh, other coaches, by the way, on the staff, position coach and what have you. And so their claim that they didn't know anything about it, it, maybe they didn't, but if they didn't know, they knew after we discussed it. And I'm not that's firsthand telling you because, OK, here's what the FBI intel, our NFL intel is telling us about Darius. Can you shed some light on it? And it was no, we we never had any issue here. And I can still remember all the reporting, from the Baton Rouge media. And I don't mean to take shots, but when he dropped in the draft, he dropped in the draft because of the intel that we had. The media didn't have it. And the media said, oh, it's, again, Bad rumor. May, may, that's why you don't know. Rumors about somebody's ability to learn is one thing, but bad rumors about sometimes the rumors are true. Sometimes they get out there. Well, the rumor never got out there. It's just that all of a sudden, guys is going a little bit lower, a little bit lower, a little bit lower than people thought. And boy, there were articles written about it you know, an ex NFL player saying, Oh, this and that. And, you know, a guy saying, Oh, Darius is a good guy and a good kid. And he never been in trouble at LSU. Well, he did never been suspended. Nothing, nothing ever happened at LSU that was punishable in LSU's eyes, but there were a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes. Well, that was enough to scare people off to some degree. Washington took him. He's had, obviously he's no longer with Washington, not, not a factor in the league anymore. So, you know, these things with Ed and Darius Geis, when Darius Geis' situation came out, the first thing I said was, oh, Lord, there's no way you're separating Ed from Darius Geis because I know what that relationship was like. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know what's going to be covered, what's be uncovered, how that's going to play out. I just know that the whole, well, at least Ed's not involved talk. I was wondering how long that was going to take. I tell happened. you this in three think, weeks. Three weeks, and it's it. it didn't take long.
1: I'll tell you this, Chris. I've been doing this a long time. You have to. Whether this is right or wrong, you can have a debate. But everybody's going to have their opinion. If I'm at Orgeron, I'm winning big in 2021.
0: I would advise it.
1: I mean, now, you know, there's there, there if 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 they have a. By LSU standard, mediocre season coming off of a very disappointing season. I wouldn't, with all the scandal around, whether it's fair to pin it on Orgeron or not. And again, I don't know. You would know better than me. I I don't know. So I'm not going to pin it. And I'm not going to uh, excuse him from all of it. I'm just going to say the jury's out. But boy, if that stuff's hanging around and you're starting to look for a reason and an excuse, not gonna be hard to find.
0: No, no, things come out. And I, I think I mentioned I don't know if I mentioned this with you. I know I mentioned this on another show, but the other thing that was that took place that's that to me was really telling to last year's season was the off season that led to when the Black Lives Matter. Yeah, I did mention it to you. We were talking about the yeah. Black Lives Matter and all that. And there was somebody in the athletic department said, Don't tell Ed. And and that was that was kind of a a sign of negative issues. And then, you know, Ed just, you know, probably is going to be probably this point was more criticized for what he, the statement he made about a week ago, but well, you know, I, 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 didn't interview, um, <laughs> Bo polini <laughs> Yeah. I mean, like, like I'm going to try to, you know, on a recommendation, like like his attempt was, you know if i would have if i would have really interviewed him i wouldn't have made that mistake you know and was like you know like trying to detach himself from last year's season and in the process basically showing negligence and lack of competence of doing your job it's it's like it's one of those things that just didn't didn't really it it, it didn't fly well and uh i don't know where this is going and I, i'm sure look i mean it's it's a he said she said I, I don't know that there's proof i don't know that he did talk with this lady. i don't know if any of this is true i don't I, I don't know that. I mean, this is what she said. This is what he said. I just know this, that I know Ed's relationship with Darius, that when he came out in the draft, the exact quote, Darius is a really good kid. He told me, troubled kid, but he's really turned his life around. And he, and he really stood on the table for him. And we, uh, we know now that wasn't the case. It is unlikely that Ed didn't know everything that was going on with Darius, but it is possible that some things he didn't know, but he was made aware of by me and others in the NFL that this is what the, the Intel says. We always do that. Say, look, this is, this is what we got. Now, uh, you know, what, what, what can you say on that? And, then you gotta, you gotta make that determination anyway. So that is something that we will um, will follow, I guess, when there's news to be followed. Switch gears
1: in just a moment. First, I want to tell you we're brought to you by Blue Sky. Blue Sky believes in being fast, fresh, and friendly throughout the thoughtful lay- layout and cleanliness of their stores. Blue Sky hopes to provide customers with a fast and easy buying experience from products to services. Blue Sky plans to keep things fresh. They always provide the freshest flavors of their brand name products and the best services available. They even bring in some of the newest products on the market to their stores to provide an even better customer experience. A smile can say it all, and at Blue Sky, they want to show their customers they care about them and their shopping experience. They'll always strive to improve their efforts to accomplish exactly that. So check out Blue Sky today at any one of their 48 store locations across the Southeast. And we are brought to you by our friends at Alpha Specialties, Alpha Specialties located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. They're your trailer specific professional. If you want to haul it, they can call it. Alpha is the premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They've got Load Trail, the premium brand trailer, the highest quality utility equipment, dump, and gooseneck trailers being built today. Fully primed and powder coated, Load Trail trailers come with an industry leading three year warranty and two years of roadside assistance. Alpha Specialties also has Hallmark cargo trailers. One of the most quality cargo trailers on the market, perfect for hauling goods to markets and shows, ATVs to deer camps, hauling race cars, and more. Alpha can even work with third parties to have game day trailers and concession trailers built. For podcast listeners, Alpha has spare tires and wheels starting at just $100, a full selection of trailer parts and accessories, hitches, winches, straps, and more. They also do all types of truck accessories, so listeners can get 10% off a yearly trailer service and inspection at Alpha's full service shop. And they can repair all types of trailers, concession, horse, utility, enclosed, gooseneck, RV, and more. So give them a call at 601 932 9798 or check them out at alpha of ms.com. Make sure that you uh, tell them you heard about Alpha on the MPW Digital Network of Podcast, including SEC Football and beyond. So, Chris, there's a pretty high profile. Uh, college basketball job yes.
0: <clears throat> good friend Bubba Cunningham has a decision to make uh North Carolina interesting though Neil th- they have historically they hadn't done this a whole lot <laughs> you know um remember when Dean Smith retired it, which coach Bill Guthridge got the job and that was kind of like I, I remember when it happened it was like that's the way it's going to be, and that's North Carolina. And I can remember the Larry Browns and the Roy Williams is the first time. No, no, no. Coach Cuthridge deserves that job. Nobody. I mean, it was it, it was going to be interesting because obviously, Coach Smith called Roy back and said, "Please come." And the timing was, I guess, right or better when he left Kansas to come back to North Carolina. So, as we talk about a plum job, an elite job um you, you would immediately people would immediately throw out some of the big names because a lot of people probably would jump at that job but is that the north carolina way is that what they're going to do or is are they going to hire a, a hubert davis an assistant because that's what they do there i mean interesting i don't know i don't have any insight there but i don't know that uh, they're going uh, i mean maybe they are i don't know what uh, bubba's going to do but there's a lot of that that Carolina guy, we're going to do that. And I don't, I'm not saying that's right thing or wrong. I'm just saying that's, that's something that's unique that we wouldn't expect in other places.
1: Excuse me. So there are two names, and you just named one of them that if they're going to go, quote, inside the family, these are their guys. Hubert Davis on Williams' staff. He's been there since 2012. He's 50 years old. Yeah. Uh, Would be a very popular hire among, UNC people. They could go hire Wes Miller. UNC Greensboro. yeah. Uh, he's been there since uh, 2011. He's 182 and 134, two NCAA tournament appearances. Been in the top three of the Southern Conference five years in a row. He played for Williams, was on that 2005 national title team. He's only 38. Uh, makes, makes some sense. Would Would make North Carolina people happy. But there are other names, too, right, that, that if you're North Carolina, and this is me, if I'm Bubba Cunningham, I'm North Carolina, Chris, you can argue this is the plum job in college basketball. Whether it is or not, I don't know. We could debate that for an hour. But it's in the mix. If I tell you top college basketball job, break it down. You can't have the conversation without including North Carolina. Yep, it'd be like saying, "Hey, top college football job." You can't have the conversation without including Alabama, without including Ohio State, without including oh boy, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I, Clemson. At this point, that's North Carolina basketball. It's it's way up there. If it's not number one, it's not lower than say number three. So, if you're North Carolina, do you do this without calling Mark Few at Gonzaga? do you do this without calling Billy Donovan in Chicago, the former Florida coach? I I don't think Billy Donovan would come now. I think he's happy in the NBA. I I think a year ago, if this had happened, when I think he was a little frustrated with the direction of the Oklahoma City Thunder, I I think you probably could have pulled this off because people who know Billy say that he kind of has a romance for the UNC job. I don't know that you could get him now. He's got a pretty good gig with the Bulls. The Bulls are, are doing this the right way. They just made a trade that, that shows that they're pretty serious uh, moving forward. They've got some good young players. They've got good direction. The the, the Bulls are, are a real solid job today. I don't know that he would take the job. Do you call Tony Bennett at Virginia? <clears throat> Do you call Scott Drew at Baylor? Do you call Chris Holtman at Ohio State, who everybody says might be the best young coach in the country? Do you call uh, Jay Wright at Villanova? Because if you can win big at Villanova, what can you do at North Carolina? Um, Do you call Nate Oates at Alabama? Are you willing to bite the bullet on a massive buyout at Alabama to get Nate Oates, who's a proven winner? He's won big at Buffalo. He's won big at Alabama. What would he do at North Carolina? I mean, there's Matt Painter at Purdue. I mean, there are names that come up that if you're North Carolina, are you doing your due diligence if you don't look into those people?
0: Yeah, you know, look, I'm not a big, you know, from I always say in the football side of things, and I understand having involvement with the school and the conference and recruiting geographics, all those things are, um, I don't dismiss them. They're, they're relevant. They're important. But I think that's overstated. I think you need to get the best coach. I mean, I heard that a lot when, when I was trying to get LSU, get Saban LSU, and, and and he's not not from the southeast. That not all that type of stuff. I think, I think you got to get the best coach. But that's North Carolina has never done that. So, from Coach Smith on, you remember Coach Guthridge gets it, and and you know there were people like Larry Brown. I remember Larry Brown, and of course, you remember Coach Brown. From UCLA, I mean, from the the UCLA to the Nets to the Sixers to the Pistons to the uh, to to Kansas to you know what I mean. But he always said his dream job was North Carolina. Now he had plenty. of <laughs> – He just went around. Um, Roy Williams, you know, what I mean, yo, know, everyone kind of felt like at some point Roy's coming back. He's not, you know, but it, it's like it's always been that. So you go from Coach Guthridge to to Matt Doherty to. You know, I mean, it's Carolina, 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 you know, they have never done that. I mean, when's the last time they've hired somebody not, well, Frank McGuire, they brought him down from New York and they built the Underground Railroad, North Carolina and Duke were, believe it or not, football powers. They, their basketball at North Carolina and Duke back in the day were like, it used to be in the SEC where you get the P coach coach the basketball program. It was something they did, you know, because to, you know, something you do while waiting for spring football, but North Carolina and Duke, as you mentioned, has become basketball powers. Funny how things have changed. They have never done that. So you wonder, and it's not like they can go, I mean, you're not like they can go and say, boy, Jerry Stackhouse did a really good job at Vanderbilt. Let me go get that North Carolina guy. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know that that's where they want to go. And you'll wonder if, if Hubert Davis is, is just like the guy to beat because he's a Carolina guy, that's not necessarily the way it should be, but that just seems to be the Carolina way. And, and if knows. they do it differently, this is going to be the first time they've ever really done that in modern history, which is look, I mean, I don't know who, one of those guys, if you couldn't go get a Porter Moser or a, you know, somebody like that, I, you know, proven guy, why wouldn't you? But is it one of those, yeah, but, you know, at Carolina we do it this way and, you know, you, you just – I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it, it seems to be – that seems to be them. I'm, I'm very curious to see how that plays out.
1: You know, it's so interesting right now, the face of college basketball, the Final Four starts tomorrow, and there's going to be this, you know, the quote celebration of the sport and all this stuff. And you look in the transfer portal and there's oh. there's 1,200 guys. There's 1,200 guys in the transfer portal. It's amazing. There's, there's, there's room for about 20 percent of them to find a home.
0: And it's it's remind I mean I know people know this, but just when you think about the numbers, because I talk about the football numbers and how they're going up and up and up. That's twelve hundred basketball players. Yeah. Fifteen scholarships, five play on the court at the same time. I mean, good, good lord. lord. Thirteen. I'm sorry. I've, I've, you said, no, I just, remember. Remember, yeah, used to be. Remember, used to yeah. be fifteen. And I just love No, I'm, i I'm not not.
1: I wasn't correcting you. I was just yeah. pointing out that the the number of vacancies That's that are just, out there are not what people think they're all
0: percentage wise. It's just yeah. a where the hell now now got a jillion more places that play basketball that don't play football. I mean, you got sure. three hundred and I don't know three hundred sixteen, three hundred twenty, three hundred thirty. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, you you may have you may have more jobs, you know. You know, not jobs, you may have more spots, but no, it's it's real interesting to see how this is going to play out. Uh, it's it's a mess, so uh, I don't pull for anybody, I like watching the tournament. I'm going to be disappointed, and disappointed, whoever plays the best and earns it, it's fine, but I'm going to be a little bit like felt like I've been cheated a little bit if I don't see Gonzaga, Gonzaga Baylor. It, it just seems like from what everyone has said, those are the two best teams all year. Um, They're there, and, you know, obviously a a 1 and a 1 and a 2 and an 11. Congrats to UCLA. You know, first, you know, play-in game to the Final Four. Great story there. Uh, And if UCLA pulls the upset, great. It's a tournament, and it can happen. I just feel like we could have a classic with Gonzale, Gonzaga Baylor because they look like if we were playing a five game series, that's definitely who would be there. I would think. Your thoughts? Uh, you see it any different? Um, you see Houston or UCLA? It, it, you know, it can happen. What's the probability, and who you think is more prime for the upset?
1: I don't think UCLA can beat Gonzaga. Uh, it it feels like they have taken this as far as they can take it. And and like you said, kudos to them. I mean, my God, you're in the final four as an 11 seed in the play-in game, and you make the final four, you had a hell of a run. You should hang the banner. Um, Gonzaga's better than them. I think Gonzaga wins the game. Listen, I think Houston can do this. It's going to be tough. Baylor, if Baylor plays the way Baylor played against Arkansas the other night, Baylor's going to win. You know, it's funny, my daughter was at Bud Walton. For a watch party on uh, what night was that? Monday night.
0: Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, Monday night. And and she kept texting, going, "They don't miss." And and I, and I was like, "No, I know." I mean, Arkansas actually played pretty well the other night. Uh, they they um, they shot the ball well. They distributed the ball. They 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 played the type of game you have to play to compete with Baylor. Baylor was just too good. I think we're going to get the Monday night game that we all want which is Baylor Gonzaga and high level um really fun game two teams that can beat you in a lot of different ways I mean look at go back and look at that Baylor Arkansas game where again Arkansas played well Arkansas probably shot the ball well enough to win Baylor made it where, they just they just beat you in so many different ways. They could beat you outside, inside. They could run offense. They could they could, they could get to the free throw line. They could beat you with defense. They could beat you in transition. So I think that's the game we get, and it ought to be a lot of fun. I, I'll give UCLA a credit though. Again, no one had them in the Final Four, and 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 they are, and it it's the fun part of the tournament because once again we get a double C, a double figure seed in the Final Four. It seems to be happening with a more and more regular basis. There's more parity in college basketball than ever before. And with the transfer portal the way that it is and the the sport turning over the way that it does year after year, I think this is going to become fairly commonplace. That,
0: I yeah, I remember, commonplace. I remember in 1986 when LSU made the Final Four as an 11 seed. That was like a shock. But if you it's remember John that – Yes, Don Redden, Ricky Blanton, Jose Vargas, uh, Oliver Brown. I mean, that was a top-four seed that, played, that never could get it together during the regular season. And they yeah. played down to 11 seed, but they really were good, and they kind of put it together, and then they lost to Louisville and Purvis Ellison in the semifinals in Dallas in Reunion Arena that year. And then the next year, they made it to the final eight with a team that wasn't nearly as good and they uh, they came really close to, well, they, they came close to beating Indiana and making it to the final four back-to-back years. I know we're running out of time, but your thoughts, um, I'm curious to see, I haven't heard the details of what Texas is going to pay Chris Beard. Um, interesting, because I was hearing some talk that Texas Tech was, and I know, Chris Beard is, for people who don't know, is a long arm. I mean, he's got connections to the school and and it's that we know Texas can pay a lot of money. But I was hearing that Texas Tech was going to put a package that was financially better than Texas in years, like 10 year deal type thing, like a Brad Stevens type Butler deal where, you know, he was he can make a ton of money over a long period in security, obviously. So I'm curious to see what they're going to pay him as compared to Steve Sarkeesian. So I'm curious to see the numbers and the breakdown because that's important on campus there. It is. The uh, yeah. <laughs> football coach got to make more money over there. Uh, curious to see the length of the years and how much average per year and all that, but Texas basketball. <laughs>
1: you know, Beard is just, I, I just think he's one of those guys that he, he looked at this and he said, You know, is it possible I've taken Texas Tech as far as I can take it? Is it possible that I'm as hot as I can be here? And um,
0: I think the Texas straw, I I don't, I don't know. It kind of sounds, it kind of feels to me like anybody other than Texas, he probably says, you know what? I'm going to do the, well, Brad Stevens ended up leaving for the Celtics. I know, but Brad Stevens was in the same boat. You know, he can have, Something you never have in coaching, basically tenure, <laughs> you know, and 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 I, it seemed like Chris because they they have put tons of money at Texas Tech into the basketball program, and and what he was getting paid there is really really good. I mean, sure. what he was getting paid there is very much Steve Sarkeesian type money. So I'm thinking that he's not taking a pay cut to go to Texas as much as he loves. Burn orange i can't imagine him taking less money so i'm just curious to see what that money looks like to pair it up against steve Sarkisian, because i know how that stuff plays on campuses you know what i'm saying <laughs>
1: oh, for sure yeah it's uh and and you know I'm, I'm fascinated to see now that they've got some of the collection of coaches that they have do the boosters let the coaches do their jobs or do they continue to get in the way because you talked about the north carolina way a little while ago the texas way here lately has been boosters get messing up
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot, lot of money, too many, it's not too much money, but with a lot of money comes, I want to have say, so, and you've got too much of that. So as we wrap it up, when we meet on Tuesday, we're going to have a national champion in college basketball reminder, those games, as they always are, we're back on a normal schedule where we have the two games on Saturday, late afternoon, Saturday evening, and then Monday night, the national championship game on Tuesday morning, we'll be talking about the national championship who is Gonzaga? Gonzaga's doing we're,
1: we're going to be talking about a historic team. I think we're going to be talking about – I will be surprised if we're not having a conversation at some point Tuesday about where does this Gonzaga team rank in history. Beating Baylor. Yeah, beating Baylor, going undefeated, looking at a team that's really talented. They they They've got two lottery picks, three first-round picks, there's more there, there. People try to do this Cinderella thing with Gonzaga. No. Yeah, it's not. They're, it's they're, not. They're, they're legitimately good.
0: We'll discuss it on Tuesday. Cause I think it's, I mean, I don't know. It's my best guess that they'll have it. I think the only discussion will be, and we'll save it for Tuesday if they do it is we know they're good. We know they could have played anybody anytime all year long and probably done the same thing. But the only question is going to be, okay they don't play the schedule week yeah. in and week out. So the, the likelihood of getting tripped up in the Big Ten, in the SEC, the ACC, the Big East, whatever, is not as much. That, that's going to be the only thing about comparing because we got we got to compare it to a completely different era, True. 76 Indiana. It's a completely different world then, but yep. it's going to be a lot of fun. So enjoy the games. Uh, reminder, uh, rebelgrove.com. Check out all the latest there. I know, Niels, they got – getting into baseball and everything, college baseball. We've got over at LandryFootball.com, the horizontal draft board will get the position boards up, all the latest information, pro day workouts, all the details, all the scuttlebutt inside draft rooms, the in the college notebooks, more of the same, as well as a lot of recruiting information, spring practice information, tons of stuff there. So take advantage of the scouting season offer over at Landry football.com. Follow us on Twitter as well. And Neil, have a great weekend. Happy Easter to everyone out there. Happy Easter to you and the family, Neil. Same to you, Chris.
1: Thank you. Steve. Happy Easter to you and everybody out there and look forward to seeing everybody on Tuesday.